This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. It is officially... Opening weekend, Joshua helped. We finally made it, my friend. How you doing today? Doing good, Jake. A little surprised at that opening uh, season contest between the Lions and the Chiefs. Kind of surprised the Lions pulled that one out, but um, football's back, baby. Get to talk Dolphins football with you. So I'm doing pretty good, man. How have you been? I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm sitting there at 1130 ish when the game ended. I'm like, this is it. Like, I need more. I can't just go to bed right now. I need more football in my life. But we are finally there. I think we have a few college games on Friday night and then college will slowly pull us through into Sunday. And then we got to get through the one o'clock slate up right away, man. Let me get a survivor pick from you. I'm in a couple of different leagues. Um, I think there are two obvious answers here. If you don't have any on the top of your head, I'll give you what the two obvious ones are and see, see what you think about those. What are the two obvious ones? Because I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain, trying to Baltimore figure out. Baltimore and Houston. So Baltimore, beating yeah. Houston, that makes that makes some sense. And then um, Washington over Arizona. Washington's a little bit more scary. Just, you know, the to the fact that Washington, I understand the new owner, the new vibes, but the Cardinals are so, I don't know. Sam Howell, there's, there's a lot that goes into Survivor, and sometimes that week one's the hardest. But at the end of the day, are you wrong to go against the Cardinals? No, I don't think you are. And I think uh, you can only pick one team once. Is that how these normally yep. work? Yeah, so uh, that's a tough one. I think Baltimore would be the obvious, you know, the easiest of those two. But I, I feel like you're right, man. Cards are pretty bad. And uh, the commanders, they're going to be a hot team this year. So I, I don't have a better choice than that. I was going to say Dolphins because I was going to panic, right? Dolphins over Chargers. <laughs> Easy, just like that. You don't even have to think about it. Some news before we get into our official Miami Dolphins and Chargers preview where Tua and Herbert are tied one and one. So this is the rubber match. Uh, Adam Schefter was on ESPN early Friday with two quick notes, Josh. Christian Wilkins and the team isn't expected to come to a deal. That's something we already kind of knew. I think both sides even said that, but they hear it from Adam Schefter, just kind of put makes it officials that rubber stamp uh, of approval. And then the other thing he said, Josh, was he has his doubts about Tron Armstead playing. And honestly, I feel the same exact way. Yeah, I mean, the Christian Wilkins thing, it sucks. I mean, we're kind of re- all realize this, right? The closer we get to the start of the season, the less likely a long-term deal is to be done. But the Teron Armstead stuff, man, I'm just shaking my head. I mean, we talked about Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, how good that uh, Chargers defense is. And to think that we're not going to have Teron Armstead potentially um, starting a left tackle. I know that Mike McDaniel came out today and they said they were going to see what he could do on the field, praised up Kendall Lamb and what type of locker room person he is. But um, to take on the Chargers without Teron Armstead, that seems like uh, – 
almost a worst case scenario, right, Jake? I mean, I think we talked about in the offseason. Two is right up there at the top of the last person you want to lose this season, but Teron Armstead's got to be pretty not too far behind. And um, without Teron Armstead against Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, that could be a nightmare. How, how do you even get here? Ankle, back, and knee injuries? Like, we're three weeks you know, three weeks ago, we were saying it's time to bubble wrap Tron Armstead. And then I think there was one time he got rolled over in practice and it it turned into three. Man, it's just crazy how how you can't just. I think the Dolphins even tried to be safe throughout this preseason. They tried to protect them guys from themselves. You saw Jalen Waddle out. Um, you saw some of the running backs out for an extended period of time. It's just so crazy to think we've gotten to this point um, in terms of the injuries. But I think Armstead's the only one in question. Yeah, I believe so. It sounded like everybody else was pretty promising there. But um, yeah, man, it's just, I guess the only thing that we have to, you know, hang our hat on is the fact that he doesn't practice much. Right. I mean, um, so he could technically go out there late game on Sunday and push through. But I don't know. Pessimist Dolphin fan. I mean, when we first heard about, you know, Toronto Armstead banged up, not out here. I immediately started to get a little worried. And, you know, Dolphins Twitter, it's OK. Everything will be fine. He'll be out there. It's not looking like he is. And again, for that to be the one guy you're missing, the big piece of your offensive line, that that'd be pretty huge. Baron Armstead out, Kendall Lamb in. Josh, that's where the conversation has to start. On that left side of the offensive line, starting next to Kendall Lamb, who you got? For some reason, we still see Liam Eichenberg atop the depth chart. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, he dealt with a rib injury, I think it was, for most of the um, preseason. He only played like 14 snaps. Meanwhile, Isaiah Wynn played like 104, all at left guard. He allowed one sack during that time. So is this just... Maybe they didn't file the report. They didn't put in, They didn't sign the paperwork that officially put him up in the depth chart. Could this be something that's contract related? If he's the opening day number one on the depth chart, he gets some sort of bonus. Could it be that simple? Am I making it too simple? You're trying to figure out what's going on here because I think we all are. Isaiah Wynn looked clearly better throughout camp. We've heard the things, you know, anybody that was at camp was saying that. We saw him look pretty good in preseason. So I don't know why Eichenberg's still out there. I was looking at pro football focus where they had uh, the different depth charts, and sure enough, there uh, was Eichenberg as well. We know the Dolphins' official depth chart says that. The only thing I keep going back to is do they would they prefer to have Isaiah Wynn as that backup left tackle or the guy that, um, you know, maybe goes if Kendall Lamb struggles early on with Teron Armstead out. Maybe they're trying to, um, you know, reassure things the next what 17 weeks of the season and try to have that plan figured out but I just don't know why Liam Eikenberg is getting another chance to start and if it were up to me that would absolutely be Isaiah Wynn starting even if it is Kendall Lamb going but um yeah man don't know what they're doing there but um we've heard time and time again Mike McDaniel try to prop these guys up right and we just all sit here and laugh with so the Chargers really shut down the Dolphins offense last year I mean the the spark note version is they really pressed them at the line they really funneled everything to the inside where uh, the defenders could really like sit in Tyreek Hill's pocket, Jalen Waddle's pocket. So it was really about attacking the outside, something the Dolphins really didn't do well. Um, but it was a weird matchup, Josh, because J.C. Jackson didn't play. Uh, Joey Bosa was out. I don't think Derwin James played either, and yet the Dolphins' offense still struggled. Two only completed uh, 10 passes out of 28 attempts, I believe it was. A um, couple notes real quick, Josh. Joey Bosa played just five games last year, and he had two and a half sacks. Uh, he was talking about putting on about 20 pounds of weight this season entering the new year. I think that's to help stay healthy. Uh, one thing I had no idea about, Cleo Mack is 32 years old. He had three sacks in week one last year, five the rest of the season. Um, he missed his tackle 20% of the times, and he was strong against the run facing Miami last year. Uh, Josh, I don't want to try to spin zone it too much here, but I do wonder if this is a situation that the Chargers are dealing with where these guys are maybe getting a little older and it's like the uh, Pro Bowl saying, you get acknowledge them a little longer than they should and it takes you a little too long to acknowledge them for the stuff they're doing. 
yeah, it makes us realize, and again, I say it all the time, how old I am. Khalil Mack being, you know, getting up there in age like that. I mean, this is going to be out of the league, and we can all remember when he was drafted. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you break down all that, Jake, is I'm a little bit scared, right? You mentioned how their defense completely shut down Miami um, last season, almost dared them to take shots deep and took away the middle of the field. The fact they didn't have Derwin James, you know, Bosa was banged up. The other guys you mentioned, I mean, J.C. Jackson in the secondary, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be one of the better games on Sunday. I mean, I know a lot of people are yeah, sitting here saying that they're doing like a disservice to the NFL by kind of bearing this game late in the in the day. But, dude, this is going to be a heavyweight fight, and um, something's got to give. I'm just a little worried when you're talking about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, thinking about Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson out there. That's definitely where I keep going back to. I think the... I think this battle is going to weirdly, I know everyone wants to talk the trenches and everyone's going to say you win in the trenches. I think this might be one at the second level. Um, Derwin James last year, he played 330 snaps in the box compared to 270 at free safety. Uh, JC Jackson, he's a slated starter. Last year, he allowed four touchdowns. He only had two pass breakups and no interceptions while playing just five games. Um, Asante Samuel allowed 700 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Uh, this is someone who's a 5'10 cornerback. So I just kind of look at that position group. Uh, JC Jackson, you're hoping maybe you can get these this Charger uh, secondary to blink early on. You maybe can try to figure it out where you can get Asante Samuel inside in the slot, maybe lined up against someone like Alec Ingold, where you can really pressure them on the outside with stretch runs. So to me, man, I, I totally see the issues Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa can have, but consistency is going to be a big question for that front of the Chargers. They could be absolutely awesome, but until we see it, I, I think the Dolphins could challenge the uh, Chargers secondary in some unique ways. They tried to last year. I think they even had shots, but just putting it all together um, just didn't seem like a possibility. Yeah, that's completely right. I mean, we sit there and look at that game and kind of feel like nothing went right, but if you go back and watch, there were opportunities, you know, some missed balls that just barely left some points on the board. So um, I don't want to say and say that it's the Dolphins' kryptonite because I don't feel like they are. I feel like these two teams match up well against each other, both very good, you know, I think the Chargers are really good at stopping the, the pass last season, and the Dolphins were really good at stopping the run defensively. And then on offense, they're both just pass happy as all can be. So I think you're right with this being one in the second level. Um, those battles between Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, you know, Braxton Berrios versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers secondary is going to be one to watch. But another guy that you keep mentioning, Derwin James, I don't know if you saw a Mike McDaniel's presser, but he's like, everyone needs to account for him. So, um, yeah, seeing him back out there is another guy that's going to, you know, shift things a little bit. But I do think the Dolphins match up well besides, you know, the tight end spot. And I think if they continue to um, not abandon the run game, right, run the football when you can and, and hit on those plays when they're open and just do the complete opposite of what you did last time you played Brandon Staley and everything will be OK. Yeah. And, you know, the we can feel proud about the fact the Dolphins averaged nearly five yards per carry against the Chargers last year. Or should we? Actually, I don't think we should, Josh. Hear me out. The Chargers allowed an average of 5.4 yards per carry last year, the worst in the league. And the Dolphins only could average five. This was a running attack that actually for the last stretch of the season, five, six weeks, was one of the best in the league. I don't know if it was something that happened in this game or shortly after that West Coast trip where the Dolphins were really forced to change things. Um, but they should be so aggressive attacking this Chargers defense. We saw it all throughout the preseason. This could be something. This could be nothing, Josh. It's either going to be 100% or 0%. Um, who's going to be out there at running back? You understand Raheem Mostert's going to be the starter. Is Salvan Ahmed going to be the maybe number two in terms of carrying the football? Then you get Devon A-Chain on the third down. Does Chris Brooks get into the mix? How do they really make sure this running game is maximized against the defense that really welcomes it? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Raheem Mostert's probably going to be the starter, but the next guy up is going to be very telling for Miami. You mentioned Chris Brooks, and I mean, we don't even know if he'll be, I guess he is on the active roster, so he should be activated on Sunday. I mean, he's that change of tempo type back that I think could really wear down um, the Los Angeles Chargers defense. That's definitely an interesting uh, tidbit you brought up. So thinking about Raheem Mostert and Chris Brooks, the real thunder and lightning, I mean, that might be the best way to go about it. But Salvin Ahmed, I mean, how do you keep him off the field with how awesome he looked in preseason? And then Devon Achan, I mean, when they drafted him, they had a vision for what he can do, whether that's playing in the slot a little bit, you know, being that speed speedster out of the backfield like kind of like Raheem Mostert so I kind of like the Chris Brooks thing I mean I don't know if they're going to go with a uh you know undrafted acorn guy that just made the roster and come into this as that being their game plan but I, I think Chris Brooks and Raheem Mostert would be the way I would attack them but how Mike McDaniel how they go about it with this running back unit is anyone's guess so the Chargers brought in Eric Kendricks at middle linebacker last season or um, over the offseason. That was like their big improvement there on the defense he had 97 tackles last season he's a very sound tackler um he had a 90 run defense grade when Miami played the Vikings last year. It's pretty easy to stop the run um, when Teddy B is behind center. So just kind of keep that in mind, but I'm really interested to see how this running attack operates, Josh, because I think there is some opportunity where this might be hard for the dolphins. They might see the clock ticking on the, the snap count, uh, the play clock, excuse, excuse me, I was blanking there. We might see some issues with that because there might be situations where you see Derwin James lined up near the line of scrimmage. You see him lined up in the box. You don't want to run at him. And somehow you might try to audible Asante Samuel, someone a lot smaller in there. So I think the Dolphins are going to try to play a little bit of a chess match and make the defense lined up in ways they might feel a little uncomfortable. But from there, man, it still goes back to executing. Yeah, one thing I don't know that we're, I mean, I know I personally have not really thought about it too much, but the whole Renato Hill uh, connection, right? I mean, he kind of knows, he kind of knows what's going on there and with the Chargers. He had, you know, a big hand in that defense and what they did to Miami. So um, the fact that he can give you an inside look at that, you know, every day they've been lining up against uh, kind of a Brandon Staley defense, right? Playing Vic Fangio and things like that. So they should be better prepared for this game than, you know, almost anyone. Um, but again, it's going to come down to just executing continuing to run the football and then just trying to find a way to stop Justin Herbert, right? I mean, we can sit here and talk until we're giddy in the face about these two quarterbacks, but these were two of the top quarterbacks in 2020. And right now it seems like they are on pace to be two of the better quarterbacks in football. So stopping Justin Herbert, making him make some of those late um, interceptions or turnovers that we've all become accustomed to letting Xavier Howard get his mitts on the ball um, is going to be key. And they got to get pressure on him, obviously, because um, you can't have him just stand back there, pick you apart like he did last season. It's it's the Prince's Bride, right? It's the Battle of Wits. You know, you just cannot doubt a Sicilian man when death is on the line. You just absolutely cannot do it. So, Josh, I want to ask you, who do you think blinks first, or should the Dolphins be – should they go out and try to get the same game plan, what they're comfortable with, and know that the defense might be able to stop it? Or do they think that Brandon Staley might try to adjust again to stay one step ahead? Where does the cat and mouse game really start to end Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I think both these guys are probably trying to get one step ahead, right? So, I mean, we're sitting here talking about how this offense looked last season, how it's looked throughout preseason. It could be a completely different game plan that Mike McDaniel and this unit comes in with. But when you got those speedy receivers, I mean, you got to use them to your advantage, right? So, um, yeah, man, I, I think they're both trying to outdo one another, and they both realize that if you want to take the next step in the AFC, you got to be able to dethrone the other Switching over to the defensive side of the football for the Miami Dolphins, it is opening day, the debut for new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. It would have been awesome to see Jalen Ramsey out there. He'd be such a difference maker. But the Miami Dolphins still made Fangio the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the league. Josh, this was a defense that kind of held the um, Chargers in a box for a lot of last game. You know, they scored 23 points. They scored early. Uh couple penalties really helped them out there's a ridiculous call on Jalen Phillips on what should have been a sack uh they only allowed six points in the second half so what is this Dolphins defense really going to look like considering they did have some you know success last year against this group but it's also important to keep in mind this Chargers offense is going to look a little different as well yeah, very much different than what we've come to expect from Josh Boyer, right? I mean, this defense should be night and day from what we saw last season. It will be interesting to see how they come out and attack this uh, Los Angeles Chargers offense. You know, they try to give up those – they kind of are more vulnerable to the run, right? So how's that middle of the Miami Dolphins defense going to do? You know, Raquan Davis has that nose tackle. How's he going to look um, alongside, you know, up there with Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer? I mean, I'm intrigued to see the way Vic Fangio utilizes these different pieces and to see how much different this defense does look compared to what we've been accustomed to with Brian Flores and Josh Boyer. So um, I'm almost excited for, you know, Vic Fangio versus Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert than I am for, you know, Tua Tungavaloa versus that Brandon Staley defense. So, man, this is um, – one of the best matches that we could have, you know, week one, but I do am a little worried and do continue to get a little queasy thinking about how terrible X or Twitter is going to be. If this thing goes South. Speaking of X, he was on Mike Williams in the first matchup and Mike Williams just kind of went absolute bananas. He just had a game where he was catching everything. He was just playing leapfrog over Xavier Howard. And that was the kind of game the Chargers had. Right. And then I don't want to make excuses. They, they played so well. They fired on all cylinders. It's like they had that game circled for so long and were ready to just come out and do everything they could right and everything they could just to punch the Dolphins in the mouth. So, Joshua, how does Miami decide to um, try to slow down this wide receiver room that is led by Mike Williams and then Keenan Allen, who caught 12 of 13 targets last year when the Chargers played the Dolphins? It was only for a mere 92 yards, so this was an offense that really liked to play it safe, dink and dunk, let's just move the chains and fight for another day. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think we're still trying to figure out who that slot corner is going to be, right? I mean, it kind of seems like it could be Cater Coho, but based on the depth chart, it almost sounds like, you know, maybe that's Cam Smith or Eli Apple. I don't know how the Dolphins are going to match up there because they do have some of the better receivers in football. When you look at what Mike Williams did, I think you mentioned had 100-plus yards receiving last year. It was kind of um, their big-time receiver that they had. And then there's Gerald Everett as well. I mean, I know we're talking about receivers, but throwing him out there, I mean, He's that's another guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another guy the Dolphins have to account for. So, um, I mean, I keep feel like I just keep saying interesting matchup, interesting matchup. But, um, you know, when they do have those skilled wide receivers and the Dolphins do have that cornerback room that is a little bit younger, right? I mean, you might be relying on Cam Smith this Sunday. Eli Apple's only been with the team for, you know, a little bit. Cater Kohu heading into year two. So, um, big time matchups. And you just got to hope that somehow the Dolphins can get pressure up front, right? Get pressure up front with Chubb uh, and Phillips and make Justin Herbert make a mistake. I mean, he's a college teammate with the Javon Holland. 
won't we all love to see Javon Allen pick him off for a pick six or something like that? So um, matchups galore all over this one. And if things are the way it go, if things happen the way we hope it happens this year, we'll probably play in the Chargers again late in the season, right? Yeah, so the way the Chargers attacked the uh, Dolphins' defense last year, it was actually letting Jalen Phillips rally each other. These guys run free a little bit and just kind of dumping the ball off behind them. Uh, and that's kind of where the biggest question lies about this entire Chargers operation. Is it going to be the same thing? Is Justin Herbert so comfortable he can read defenses so well where he knows how to accept the easy passes, how to accept the checkdowns, or knowing that this Kellen Moore offense, the same offense that despite – Um, Dak Prescott missing time last year he set a career high in interceptions is it going to push Herbert so far where he starts playing YOLO ball and hucking it downfield you know there's that give and take of which side is he going to lean on is he going to try to play it safe is he going to go for those numbers or is he going to risk a couple more interceptions for a couple more big plays down the field yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, we're wondering which Herbert we're going to see. I hope it's more like that one we saw. I believe it was was his rookie year when he ended up shaving his hair because he just had no idea what was going on with that cover zero and Brian Flores defense. So I'm hoping we see more of that. But, I mean, Justin Herbert's heading into what his fourth season. Looks like one of the better quarterbacks in all of football. So um, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a challenge. And you mentioned dumping it off to Austin Eckler. That's got to be one of the things that concern you, right? Austin Eckler's ability, not only as a, a running back, but in the passing game. So how he gets utilized, how they account for that. David Long Jr., Jerome Baker, you know, whatever it is. Um, lots of matchups here. Sorry that you hear the baby. She's stoked. She's ready for football. Something to keep in mind here, too, is that everyone wants to talk about uh, rookie wide receiver Quentin Johnson. You know, something I think we get a little too – we get too in love with rookies, especially early in the year. And then you see there's a progression plan, and everyone starts freaking out why you don't see someone in two to three weeks. Josh Palmer is still on that first-team depth chart for the Chargers. He sat out with the starters throughout the preseason, and I think he's going to be the different a difference maker. I get it. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are much better, but I think Josh Palmer is that guy that can extend the field, something that would devastate a Josh Boyer defense. I'm so interested to see with this too-high shell that the Dolphins are going to be using more, if the Chargers try to take those shots with Kellen Moore, try to shoot it downfield, something like they did with Michael Gallup, something that, hey, Cedric Wilson was good at for a couple of years there in Dallas. That, to me, is where... The, count, the game isn't going to really be decided, but it might be that 40-yard swing that really impacts the third quarter or something like that. Uh, Josh Palmer is really flying under the radar for me here, despite the fact that uh, they've made it pretty clear he's going to be part of the team. He's sitting out during the preseason. That, that's stuff you really can't ignore, especially early in the year. Yeah, and we're definitely overlooking him, and we probably shouldn't be. I mean, anybody that had him in fantasy knows how, uh, you know, solid he is. And you're right, man. He could be that difference maker, that guy that kind of, you know, gets put in a matchup that's – gets put in a matchup that, you know, the Chargers can take advantage of. One question I had for you, Jake, is you mentioned the secondary, the safeties. Do you believe that Brandon Jones is going to be out there? I know that that's kind of the talk. It does sound like, you know, he's going to be playing. Uh, you think he's in the starting lineup right now? I checked PFF. I think they had Deshaun Elliott. But do you think we'll see a lot of Brandon Jones out there? And um, how do you think they'll they'll use these safeties? Will we be seeing Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland kind of be interchangeable or uh, Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones? What are your thoughts with the Dolphins' safeties? I think if they only had two on the field, it'd be Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones being interchangeable. But I do think a lot of the time they're going to ride with three safeties and it'll probably be Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland out, out deep. Um, It's a little rough because you wish you could have Jalen Ramsey to help be that guy roaming the field, let Javon Holland also be free. Uh, but I think Holland can kind of thrive in any role. We've seen him do it. Uh, so I think that's how they're going to go early on. I, I 
do think we'll see some sort of a uh, Brandon Jones action, but just looking at this matchup, you do wonder how much the um, Chargers are going to attack the line of scrimmage, running the football, maybe some smaller um, passes to the flat. If they don't do too much of that, you wonder how much we'll see Brandon Jones because that's where he really thrives, playing in that box. I'm um, short in the field. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think uh, Javon Holland should be out on the field as much as he can, right? You don't need to take him off for any reason. I think um, Brandon Jones is more of that big body. I kind of say a coverage linebacker, right? He kind of reminds you of a linebacker, kind of safety hybrid. So perfect player to come in there and play in the box a little bit with Jalen Ramsey out and some of the things he was going to be asked to do. But again, anyone's guess is as good as ours, right? I mean, we saw a little bit in preseason, but there was no way that Vic Fangio showed his cards. There's no way Mike McDaniel showed their cards in preseason. So intrigued to see what this secondary looks like and hopefully Javon Holland go out there and continue playing and making plays the way we've seen because, I mean, the dude is just so fun to watch play football. And now you got Deshaun Elliott opposite him. Brandon Jones is healthy. Let's see this whole thing come together and hopefully good things come. The last group we haven't really talked about is that linebacking core, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler. It's going to be lined up against these guys quite a, quite a bit. Maybe even Keelan Allen, who's known for playing in the slot. So, Joshua, I want to ask you, when you look at that position group, when you look at David Long Jr. and Jerome Baker getting into the mix, the Chargers really struggled to run the ball up the middle against the Dolphins last year. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealy, those guys are studs. How do they try to get Austin Eckler involved? He had, what, I think, over 20 touches in total against the Dolphins. How do they maybe, maybe he still has those 20 touches, but how do they limit it to maybe 60 yards and just try to contain him into that box? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I want to say and say David Long Jr., but I feel like Austin Eckler is just a guy that, you know, he's a different breed of a running back, right? And I mean, you have him matched up with David Long, no matter how good David Long is in coverage, Austin Eckler's still going to get his. So they just got to swarm the ball. They got to be prepared for where Austin Eckler is at all times. You got to force that ball if you're going to, you know, if you're looking for the check down, you want to force that ball out of Herbert's hand to Austin Eckler and wrap up in the backfield and make life as hard on the Chargers as humanly possible. But I don't know, man. I'd like our linebacker unit more than I did, you know, a couple months ago, I guess. But I still don't feel like they're at where we can feel comfortable. And, you know, having them match up against Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, two of those guys better at their positions. Um, I do think that kind of favors the Chargers. But who knows? Maybe David Long Jr. will surprise us a little bit. And uh, Jerome Baker goes out there and becomes a menace. What group impresses me more? Would you say that the Dolphins offense writes its mistakes from last year and, and looks better even if it's a loss? Or is it going to be that Vic Fangio defense that, uh, you know, the players really get it right away and they hit the ground running? But I was going to say both, but I guess I can't say both. I'll say Vic Fangio's defense. I think Vic Fangio's defense will be the difference maker. I think it's going to be a cat-mouse game with Mike McDaniel and Brandon Staley again. So I think Vic Fangio and his defense will be the difference maker in this one. But um, I was going to say both because I was going to cop out like that. Because I do think the Miami's offense is going to do better than they did in their last meeting. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I have to agree with you. I just think that the McDaniel offense, it's going to be really focused on running the football. I do wonder if they're even going to try to just limit possessions, run the football, keep Justin Herbert off the field. That way that defense doesn't have to kind of do too much and force the Chargers to play such a clean football game. Uh, 
just the offense, there's such a high risk, I think. You know, the Brandon Staley mantra on defense is it takes a lot of five-yard runs to equal a 50-yard reception. And we just need to see that Dolphins offense play clean, no holds, no pre-snap penalties. And if we don't see that, it could be a long afternoon for this Dolphins offense because once you're in that, uh, you know, I don't even want to say third and long. If you're in that second and long, that defense does such a great job of making you uncomfortable. There's obvious ways to beat it, but you have to do things you're not used to. And that's what makes that Brandon Staley defense and more importantly, that brick and that Vic Banjo defense so special. Absolutely. And I don't want to throw some of these nerd stats out there because these really don't matter. But I had written down Dolphins are 31, 25, and 1 all time in season openers, and they're 17 and 15. Um, with the two and two record in the playoffs against the Chargers. They've won three of the last five meetings. I think this is the third or second opening day the Dolphins had had against the Chargers in what, three years? I think the first one was moved because of a hurricane or something. So um, I had to, I had to throw those out there, Jake. I'm sorry. For some final thoughts on this game, Josh, we've been doing podcasts all throughout the week. And if you're looking for some more content ahead of game day, please check out the feed. You'll find a lot of good stuff there. Last night, I had three margaritas, and I started talking myself into that the Dolphins are really going to win this game. I think that I think that Mike McDaniel is genuinely frustrated that he had a solid game plan last time, and he made some strong adjustments in the middle of the game, and things just fell through. I think that's why he's a little annoyed hearing the Brandon Staley effect, because while Staley had a good game plan, I think he did too. And, you know, I think Tua, he, he said a lot of good things about Justin Herbert. But, man, he also has had this game circled. It's been, I think I wrote down two, no, that's, 200 plus days since Christmas, nine months ago, since he's last played his last regular season game. He wants to come out there and put on a show. The only fear about that, though, is knowing Tua. Uh, Mike McDaniel has said it. He rides the highs. He rides the lows. Knowing how jazzed up he'll be, knowing the bright lights, it sounds like he's going to gun a ball into a linebacker's chest on the opening play. It just has that feel. Obviously, I think he'd settle down, but I, I just kind of think that the there's going to be a level of intensity on opening day that's Pretty unique between these two teams. Absolutely. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but once he throws that ball into the linebacker's chest, he normally backs it up then. Isn't that when he like drives downfield? I think he let it drive then in preseason after he threw that interception for a touchdown. So he always does seem to bounce back and play better. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Mike McDaniel probably is feeling a little slighted about all that. You know, tired of hearing about the Brandon Staley effect. Did like his game plan and wants to come back in and and take it to the Chargers. You mentioned Tua, man. I mean, we, we want to see two with his sleeve out there going toe to toe with Justin Herbert and doing all the things that, you know, we've always dreamed of them to do. So um, I was going to joke that Tua has looked so good. And I'm not going to say that I can't make a Daryl Bevel joke. <laughs> I've been wanting to tweet it so bad. And I just didn't, I just didn't know how to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jake, I mean, deep down, I am a little bit queasy about this. I mean, I can't say I'm 100% confident. I mean, it's week one. I don't know that we're ever truly that confident in week one. Cause we don't know what to expect. Never confident but, at all. What are you talking no, about? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was putting money down this game, I don't know how I bet, but we're a Homer podcast. We are going to sit here and pick the dolphins until we're blue in the face. So I got the dolphins winning this one. I, do we need a prediction? 27, 23, I think we even yeah I was gonna say I think what I wanted to ask you <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna bet who scores the first touchdown of the season for the Dolphins Alec Ingold <laughs> you're, not, you're copying me I tweeted that out <laughs> did you did yes. you I was gonna say I was gonna say Raheem Mostert then I was thinking I was like well Alec Ingold's odds are probably pretty good and you probably make a lot of money if he scores that first touchdown so now I'll say Mostert to be different Dude, I, nah, I, I love the Alec Ingold love. You think about it. If they kind of muscle their way down the field on that first drive, maybe some good runs by Mostert, you think they're going to do that? Some play action. Alec Ingold's all alone open on the other side. Alec Ingold, Durham Smythe, I could see something like that. Braxton Berrios, I think those things just make sense because it, it's so simple. Um, does Jason Sanders, how many kicks does Jason Sanders make before he misses one? 
Extra points and field goals. Like in this game or just all season? All season. I'll, I'll, I'll give you when does his first miss come? It could come this week. And we'll go week four as first miss comes. I have no idea what. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, three, three clean weeks? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go three clean weeks. He'll probably have two or three in this game. I was going to say, we were talking about that, who's going to get that first touchdown. Could it be Christian Wilkins? Maybe that's their way to amend to make things right for not getting this contract. Like, all right, ball's on the one. Get our fullback out there. Give, give Christian Wilkins a touchdown. And could you imagine those odds? I mean, you'd probably make a shit ton of money if he's even available to pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that'd have to be like a max. I don't know. I, they probably have like 10 guys that are at this limit. I, I'm hyped to see Christian Wilkins because I think uh, it's tough to have conversations sometimes, and I think both sides have handled this very well. Obviously, you kind of wish a contract was just made. Everyone's happy, and there's all sunshine and rainbows. Isn't always that simple, but I'm excited to see him come out, and, and you know he can still get that contract. That contract isn't gone. If he comes out, he could have four sacks on opening day, and everything changes just like that. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's going to end up having like a 20-sack season and the Dolphins are going to pay him insane money, right? <laughs> and that's what's going to end up happening. But, yeah, man, Christian Wilkins doesn't seem like he's going to let it, uh, you know, impact him at all. We saw Chris Jones up in the box, right, yesterday. He's sitting out. That's not Christian Wilkins. He's going to be out there giving everything to his team, and um, we hope his teammates are giving everything to him because we, we need this win. We need to win in week one because I don't want to be on Twitter. I'm already seeing the shit now. You know, everyone's making excuses for the Chargers and his weapons. Everyone's talking about two and his weapons back when they first met. I mean, I, I just want the Dolphins to win this one cleanly and prove to the world that they are the better team than the Chargers and maybe even Tua can be the better quarterback than Herbert. Right, Jake? Perfectly said. What a way to wrap the show for another Dolphins podcast. Thank you for carrying this offseason with us. Uh, it's been a blast. Regular season content. It's coming from here all the way till February, Joshua. It is going to be a blast. We can't wait. Until next time, we cannot. We're hoping we have a Dolphins victory to celebrate. But until next time, we will see you guys on either Monday and Tuesday. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.